You're listening to The Dude Grow Show, coming straight out of Denver, Colorado, bringing you marijuana grow knowledge, news, and culture. At the tone, the time will be 4.20. Exactly. Yo, yo, this week in cannabis, dude, grow show coming at you Friday here. You hanging out? You know it's Friday, Scotty. Yeah, man, it's Friday, man. I'm going to smoke weed early. Uh, yeah, I guess so, maybe a little bit, but I mean, I guess it doesn't make really any any difference in my, my weed smoking schedule, but uh, great show. <laughs> I, I know this super successful dude, they told me, he came hung out with him at Cannabis Cup. He's like, start my day every morning, wake up at 6 a.m., strong coffee, two joints, and then start making my calls. I like it. Whoa. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's how we start the show. I just blew blew my island sweet skunk all over the mic. Couldn't tell, man. Wind, windscreen took care of it, probably. Getting professional up in here. <laughs> um, yeah, you guys don't know, man. This is Dude Grow Show coming at you. Denver, Colorado. Mile high, baby. Uh, we're here to help uh, teach you to grow your own. Uh, but today, we're here to bring you a little bit of, little bit of let me tell you. Um, we got a great interview with Jay Tiktitchen today. Um, how not to get a DUI, man. How not to get a marijuana DUI with a lot of good information. Um, any of that, that's applying to anybody that's a toker. So if you have smoked at any point in the last 30 days, you should listen to it, before, you know, and, uh, and get some great information on it. Um, we're also going to get a little bit into some news, of course, a couple news stories, uh, some uh, medical news, I'll say, from and uh, yeah, stuff involved with one of our listeners to cover. Sure. And uh, prime time. Prime, before we get into it, the prime time supporters for today's show. I forgot to get man Yo. Mountainside Glass up in Fort Collins, dude. I mean, that uh, Matt up there, he did an awesome job. We couldn't have done what we did at the cup without him. So I wanted to say. Oh, Matt C's a badass, man. You know what? Dude, he actually. I saw I was hanging out with him a bunch. I'll go smoke bowls or whatever. And dude, he does a bunch of repairs, man. So if you've got something, you know, an expensive rig or something, if you got a broken tree perk, man, go check him out, man. He does a great job, man. Oh, that is awesome, man. Repair your favorite piece. I didn't even think of that angle of it. Yeah, for real. And these intricate pieces, man, all those, you know, those inside breaks, man. It ain't no joke. No, definitely not. So hook it up in four columns with Matt. And uh, on the grower side of things, you know, constant primetime supporter. Dinesh over there at Optic Foyer. If you guys haven't tried it. Oh, yeah. If you haven't tried it yet, man, give it a try. I'm definitely implementing it into my program. It's used, you know, I, there's so many things is my only problem that I like to use. But I'm using the Overgrow about once every two weeks. My other sprays are the Kelp and the Azimax. But uh, and actually, last night I used... Uh, a little bit of Ed Rosenthal, zero tolerance, uh, just in the veg side for maintenance. You know, maintenance. I don't see no hemp rust. It's no more in heaven in probably over three weeks now. So praise the Oh, Lord. hell yeah, man. And I got a celebratory call that uh, you pretty much over the hump, yeah? I mean, it looks like you're, you're getting to harvest, no? Yeah, I'm definitely going to get to harvest. It looks, I mean, it looks that way. You don't want to say you're definitely going to get to harvest until you're actually cutting the plant down. <laughs> you, you can say it at that <laughs> moment that you definitely got to harvest. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just jinx you, man. It's looking, it's looking good. And that's what, uh, I was getting into when I, anyway, I mentioned optic Fuller. There's so many products I do like to spray, but they do a great job of putting everything in one. If you want to use, you know, on the smaller scale to overgrow Scotty on the larger scale uses, he basically makes overgrow from their concentrates with the, you know, yeah, I'll take the Watts and the rev and the uh, transport. And I, I'm a big believer in that transport, man. I think anything you put with that transport boom getting getting right through baby yeah getting i do right use through. it's like having a hot chick with you in line at the at the club man you get through <laughs> i do use that transport when i do my kelp and Azimax as well so good good point so let's get into uh we had somebody out at the cup uh mr bowser man had a question that he he me and me and scotty are going to address as unprofessional uh, legal advice but he had a question he wanted to get <laughs> on with uh 
with Jay to fiction, but we uh, got so wrapped up in it, we didn't, but we can handle this. I think me and Scotty can handle the answer to this. So it goes, hey, dude, on my way home from the Denver Cup, he was traveling east on Interstate 80, and there were signs for a police checkpoint with canine, canine dogs, but the police were on the off-ramp getting people that were trying to exit before the checkpoint. I read online that it is illegal to have police checkpoints on interstates, so they set up on the off-ramp or or at the rest area instead. What should you do if you have cannabis on your possession traveling on an interstate roads that border Colorado? Because you know that's where a lot of action is going on. Um, should you proceed ahead? Right. Should you proceed ahead, Scotty, when you see the signs and assume it's a fake? What is the answer? Yeah, man. That, it's when I swallow the cyanide capsule and just fucking keep going, man. Floor it, you know? I mean, <laughs> yeah, definitely don't get off. <laughs> You're fucked, man. You're fucked. You know what I mean? I mean, they, and they, they goddamn know anybody that pulls off that exit ramp, they're definitely getting fucked with, man. Yeah, they do this in Missouri when I lived there uh, many years ago. And obviously the off-ramp that you're going to get off at is like they choose an off-ramp where you don't have an excuse. It's like, where are you going? You look around, you're like, shit, man. Um, over to that cornfield over there. To dump my weed. <laughs> yeah. Um, Just to find a place to dump my weed. Why? It would have been interesting, yeah, from an attorney's point of view. I mean, it almost sounds like, you know, in, entrapment to me. But I guess the point is if they have the canines there, they automatically have a reason because they're probably going to walk right over to your car with the canine, I'm thinking, because they need that canine to give a signal that there's can I mean, because otherwise they don't have any probable cause. The deal, What's though. the probable cause? You could just say, I mean, my stomach hurt it. That's why I got off. Okay. Leave me alone. Yeah. But, but here's the, here's the deal is that, uh, these guys know what they're doing. It's not like these cops just decide to do this independently. They go to the judge and they say, Hey judge, you know, while we're playing golf or while we're drinking beers, man, what would you say if we were to do that? Would you have any problem with that? Would you think that was entrapment? No, it's all good with me, man. I'll sign the warrants. You know, they get they get the clearance from the top, man. Hey, DA, you want to prosecute these? Yeah, you bring them. I'll prosecute them. Yeah, true. And it's it's a, it's a joined effort. You know, it's not like they're like, damn it, I can't believe we went and got all had all this ambition, and the sure the judge didn't like us doing it. You know, it's all a coordinated effort to get some money into that into that county. Yeah, but definitely pull some money out of that road. Yeah, don't be driving around in any interstates that border Colorado with 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 herb. I mean, even smaller amounts can make a big freaking hiccup as far as having to, uh, excuse me, having to be able to reappear somewhere. Or get a you know, you're out three, four, five hundred bucks because you had a nug. You know, you had a gram with you. Just be ready. I mean, whatever you could. If I was me, I'd probably have a few small pre rolled that I could ditch real quick if I had to. Uh, no glass, no no pieces with you, no oneies. Um, there's other ways, you know. You could you could take, uh, you know, this is dudes on. This is not my legal advice, but you could, you know, edibles, man. Edibles are a bit easier if you take just a small amount of edibles. If you, I understand, man, getting through a long road trip sometimes when you of course want to pull over and enjoy some herb and then not drive until you're comfortable again. But um, yeah. Yeah, fuck that, man. I don't like edibles, man. I mean, I know people do, but it's like a different drug. You know, the way it affects you and stuff like that. And, man, if I'm going on vacation, all of a sudden I got to start eating edibles now? Like, I don't know. Let me just smoke my weed, man. You know what I'm saying? Kappa. <laughs> then we'll, I'll, go, yeah, hell, I'll, Kappa. I'll go with the recommendation of then, yeah, just just roll this roll a bunch of little pinners, man. But there is still trickery there. I mean, you Do can, what Cheech and Chong did, man. Just make your whole car out of weed. <laughs> That's perfect. So you could just... You could just break a little off. <laughs> yeah, it. yeah, break a little off the bumper, you know. Um, so let's. Uh, so yeah, in in summary, man, yeah, guys, definitely don't pull over when you see any signs or anything like that on the highway. Drive straight ahead with confidence and courage. Hands ten and two, or whatever it is. I was going to say ten and twelve. I don't think that works. Or you could be <laughs> like me, texting, eating a burrito, and uh, ripping a dab, man. <laughs> <laughs> this joke in law enforcement that really doesn't happen cops cops that really doesn't happen he's kidding man. totally kidding. he's a fictional character now, <laughs> uh right on let's uh hey man why don't we we should lead that into uh yeah the uh the interview with jay here guys i think that will start to show off with that right away uh so you can enjoy and get the uh prime time knowledge i'll call it with the prime time interview here with jay depiction if that's all right with you mr real oh hell yeah man hell yeah i i, I really enjoyed this interview i learned a lot man you know, I learned that I have to do something unnatural for me, man, which is keep my mouth shut. <laughs> Too bad we didn't have a uh, time to do a parody, man, like something. I, I'm going to request one here. What is that one song called on Cops? Is it like 
bad boys. What you gonna yeah. do? What you, we gotta make a parody off that man for weed smoking. <laughs> oh man, I don't. I hate watching cops. Cops started in Broward County, Florida. Man. Oh yeah. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah. No good. <laughs> no bueno. All right, guys, enjoy. We'll be right back with more Dude Grow Show after the interview, of course. And see you in a few. All right. What's up, guys? Got a special guest coming at you today, this week in cannabis, hanging out with Scotty Real. Yo, yo. Jay, Jay to fiction from over at 5280DUI.com. You hanging in there, Jay? I am. DUI5280.com. I, dude, I even got that in my head already. Backwards. Man, I did I, it backwards, man. Jeez. Oh, man. That's what I, that's what I see when the lights go, flash behind me, man. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we're gonna, Jay's been on the show once before. If you guys didn't catch it, uh, lots happened since then. I mean, we just got off of the one of the biggest uh, cannabis events in the world over here. We're having 420, and you know, it sparked my mind when I was driving down the interstate, interstate, seeing those signs saying like enforcement. I forgot it was like enforcement in place. Like there weren't people everywhere on the highways as far as driving high. They even had a car. I think they had a uh, the the state had a car at the cup. That was filled with like smoke coming out of it, just reminding people not to smoke and drive. So there was a lot going on. Did you, Jay? Did you see an uptick in in, in clients immediately after the cup this week at all? Or definitely an uptick in clients arrested for that, and also with 420 being on Monday, there was a lot of uh, out of towners that came out here for the uh, festivities. And you know what? It's it's not necessary that there were more people out there getting stoned and driving. But look, when you got all that law enforcement out there actively looking for people it's going to increase the arrest numbers and that's what they're trying to do. So yeah, um, man, definitely a lot more cases like that. Yeah. It just seems like, you know, DUIs are a profit center, man. And, and, and now if, with the popularity of cannabis, man, why not figure out a, you know, figure out a way to profit off it, I guess, you know, you tax well, it, you know, arrest our, people for it. Absolutely. You know, the, 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 the thing that people have to realize is this, you know, our law enforcement agencies want to get grant money from the federal government. And how do they get grant money from the federal government? They need to make arrests. And they, have, uh, they don't have set goals and, 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 and things, but they have performance goals. And if they, if they reach a certain amount of performance goals for arrests, and note that I don't say convictions, but for arrests, wow. they can take that to the federal government and they can say, look, we've made all these marijuana-related arrests and it's a problem here. And all of a sudden, the federal government's giving us you know, a million dollars for police to work overtime and set up these checkpoints and make more arrests and then have more performance goals for next year. So they're out there. They're, they want to arrest you for stone driving because they want to get those numbers and get them to the federal government and get their overtime pay. Get you in the system too, man. Feeds everybody seeing, that way. Are you seeing a, a, a trend? I mean, is it, okay, well, these people that were out of town or whoever, I mean, they got pulled over with smoke coming out of their car. Or they're leaving their their bowls or herb, and herb on the dash. Or, I mean, are you still seeing just pretty, as I call them, innocent cases where the person you know there's completely able to drive it just doesn't matter they went over you know they varied over the line for just a second because i of course the argument is telling if you're just doing the nanogram test it's completely unfair I, i we see both you know we see we see cases where there's hardly any indicia and the person unfortunately opens her mouth and says well i had some i smoked some marijuana earlier in the day and all of a sudden they're getting arrested for dui but at the same time i'll tell you I drive around and I look around and I, I see people sitting there driving a car and smoking a bong in the car. I was walking <laughs> out of court the other day and there was a guy literally sitting in this car waiting to pick somebody up in the front of the court uh, and, and he was doing a dab. So it's like you, you, thinking to myself, like, you know, you got to be kidding me. You, you, yeah. you know, just because it's legal doesn't mean you can be stupid with it, too. And that's just being stupid. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. Hey, can, you know, last time you were on, I remember you gave us a couple quick do's and don'ts if you ever got pulled over. And I thought it was super valuable. And I thought th- thought the crew, if, if anybody missed it last time, man, you know, man, I just remember your perspective was, was pretty refreshing, man. You know, you definitely it was nice to talk to somebody that was actually, you know, had our best interest in mind. You know, and I, I remember you told us that uh, the cops aren't out to help you. They're out to take you to jail when they pull you over. And that was, you know, so don't help them take you to jail. I found that real interesting. Absolutely. Look, you, anything that you do, you're giving them evidence. OK, so if you get pulled over, give them your name. That's fine. If You know, obviously they want your driver's license, insurance, all that kind of stuff. Give them that. 
and have it in an area of your car that's easily accessible. One of the things that police look for on a DUI stop is how, you know, are you fumbling around your documents? Are you having trouble giving them your license and insurance? So if you open up your glove box and you have the last nine insurance cards in there and you're flipping around looking for your current one and you can't get your driver's license out of your wallet because it's stuck in there and you're trying to get your registration but you can't find it and you're fumbling all over the car, you those are one of the things that they're looking for. They're going to say, well, this person must be intoxicated because they have poor dexterity when they're trying to give us their documents. So, Got it. you know, do that. Um, if they ask you questions, you don't have to answer. You have a Fifth Amendment right to remain silent. And you know what? If, if they're going to ask you, hey, have you been smoking today? You don't have to answer that question. Um, it's, it's, it's as simple as that. You never have to answer a question that they give you. Is they it, want you to come out and do roadside tests. You don't have to do them. They're voluntary. And they're going to arrest you anyways, regardless of if you do them or not, if they're asking you at that point. So why give them more evidence? And some of these tests, you know, walk in a straight line, heel to toe with your arms down on an imaginary line with cars whizzing by a, a police officer standing there with a gun on his belt, you know, barking out orders. Probably not going to pass that if you're stone sober. So why do it in the first place? Now, at that point, you're going to be arrested, no? You are going to be arrested. So you're going to be arrested they, anyways. So that's, that's the, right the point, take- man. That's the main point is these cops are out. They, you know, When you get pulled over, man, and they start asking you all sorts of questions, they're not hoping that they get to let you go. They're hoping that they get to make another four grand off you, man. Yeah, and they're hoping to get another stat so that they can go to the federal government and say, you know, we need a million dollars so we can work more overtime. Yep. Now, does that give them the right to take blood by any means? I mean, if you're just refusing, and then you're going to be under arrest for suspicion, I believe? Yeah, here's they have to establish probable cause, which is a very low standard, but they have to establish probable cause to believe that you're at least impaired to the slightest degree by alcohol or drugs. And if it's drugs... They're just going to offer you blood. They're not going to offer you breath. They're not going to offer you urine because urine's worthless. Wait, define the word offer, offer you. you blood. What does offer they, you mean? Tell you, hey, you you have in Colorado, where, I'm, where I live, by driving on the roads in Colorado, you have expressly consented to uh, giving us a sample of your blood if an officer believes that you're under the influence of any drug. So they're going to, you know, they're going to say, you're going to take that blood test. And you can say no and you can refuse it. Um, but they're certainly going to offer you that. And what happens if should you refuse it? It all depends. It depends on uh, you smoke weed. You know, yeah, I mean, here, and, okay. And here's the other thing about Colorado and the, these laws. The laws were put in the books before they had the science to back them up. And in Colorado, there's a five nanogram inference. So if you have five nanograms or more of active um, THC in your system. A judge is going to tell a jury that they may infer that you're under the influence of marijuana with that. The problem is, is that the science doesn't necessarily say that. So what I tell people is, look, if you're going to drive a car and you want to steer clear of this five nanogram, you know, five nanogram inference, you better not ingest marijuana for at least 24 hours before getting in that car and driving. Yeah. And you know what? Quite frankly, if you're a chronic user, it might even be longer than that. But the science isn't there. And one more thing to to prove my point, National Highway Traffic Safety Administration came out with two research papers. One of them was back in uh, November 2014, and another one came out, I'm just flipping through it here, uh, I think it was in February of this year, um, that essentially said, look, we've done these studies, and you cannot equate a certain level with THC impairment because there's just not enough research. So to try to do that uh, is is definitely not advised. That second study I'm call, I'm talking about came out in February 2015, and if you want to look it up, that's DOT HS 812117. It's uh, traffic safety facts from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. It's called Drug and Alcohol Crash Risk Factors, and that what you read that paper and it tells you that. Um, that the danger of driving under the influence of alcohol is so much more than the danger of driving under the influence of THC. Still a danger there, but it's nowhere near it is with alcohol. Yeah, that's the bummer is that they've just grouped them into this this overall group of intoxicants and the effects couldn't be different. I mean, there's 
you know, we, we had a, a story a couple of days ago about this guy, Ross, who was an Olympic gold medalist in Nagano, got his medal stripped for uh, testing positive for marijuana. And he just used, you know, he's just been a chronic. He's from BC. He's just been a smoker for years and years. He, when he gave the interview, he's on a seventh joint, completely normal, completely natural. Got people like that. They, it doesn't really impair them the same way that when, you know, some congressman in college or congresswoman in college smoked the joint and got really loopy. You know, scared the hell out of her. Yeah, Those are the people that are making your laws, man. Right. Let's and it's and, 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 and these laws are built more on fear than they are anything else. And they're built on politics. I mean, marijuana now is legal in, in Colorado. And the last thing they want to do is, you know, say, well, you know, we don't really know how to enforce stone driving. So we're not going to make these laws. And they had the laws on the books before. But, you know, the prosecutors get up in court and they cry about, well, you know, we, 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 we don't have enough tools in our arsenal to be able to prosecute these cases. And, and, and that's a line of horse dewey because they had enough before, but what they had to do was they had to prove it with science. They don't want to prove it with science because they don't have science. So instead, they make these laws that get them around the science and get the judges to have to say it, tell people that, you know, if someone's five nanograms or more that they can, uh, you know, a jury can find that the person's under the influence for that. Is, so is, let me... Uh, Let me get into something, Scotty. Yes, sir. Go for it. Got a a quick two parts. So we all know, me and Scotty, um, people that are daily users, there's even something I think in CNN, an article I read, a woman that was a medicinal user user, was at 15.9 nanograms. She's a daily driver. If you're going to tell us, of course, not to drive in our listeners, not to drive within 24 hours, nobody's going anywhere. So... How can we, <laughs> how can we get to, you know, the economy off, will stop man. as Scott said, you know, what are some of the best practices to avoid this? And then before I forget, I would like to know what's this going to take, man? Are we going to have to have a, a precedent case in court? That's one to say, Hey, you know, Scotty real is at 10.3 nanograms, 80% of his life, but he's a perfectly safe driver. Um, and I'm just, you know, is it going to take more cases, somebody with a lot of legal power money to, to set that precedence to where we cannot have this because you're, in, you're incriminated just as being a, a user, no matter how, how you're driving. Yeah. In my if, opinion. if Soros backs my uh, legal defense, man, can we get this law changed or what, man? Well, we, you know, we're trying <laughs> and it's, and it's one of those things that now that Nietzsche has come out and said this, it's like, look at, you know, you look at, you look at, and it's a, uh, for everything DUI related, you look at NHTSA, your, your roadside testing and the standardization for those. And you look at NHTSA for your alcohol limits, your 0.08s and your you know, 0.05s and all that kind of stuff. But now that NHTSA says, yeah, you shouldn't be doing this with limits for THC because we don't know yet. Well, you know, why is it that we're all jumping the gun and making, making these laws the way they are? So I tell you what, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, the laws there, it's just like any other prescription drug. Like, you know, if if I have knee surgery and I'm taking OxyContin for pain, I can't drive a car. I just can't. It impairs you. And but the but the longer you're on that medicine, the the less it's going to impair you. But at the same time, you're always out there risking it. And and the 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 bad part about it is is that you know what? If if you're driving down the street, even if you don't feel any effects of the THC, and a kid darts in front of the in front of you, and you hit that kid, and that kid gets killed. Man, that it, your life's over as well, and, call, and you just don't want to take that risk. <laughs> then call DUI eight two five zero. Okay, man, don't call him. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a case you don't want, brother. Well, the, you know, we it, it happens. It happens. It's 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 the sad truth of it all. Nice, man. Nice. Well, what are the things you see people doing mistakes as far as, I mean, there's obvious, like, you know, where do we keep our marijuana? Obviously, I mean, do you oh, have yeah. a, you got a bowl, you got a bowl sitting right there in your, you know, joints in your oh. ashtray and the things you see that are really screwing people. That's the, the dumbest thing that you can do is have any marijuana or any paraphernalia or anything like that up front with you in the passenger compartment. In Colorado, there's an open container rule. It works just like alcohol. It's same thing. You can't have, you know, you can't have an open container with marijuana in the passenger area. You have to transport it in a sealed container, and it has to be in the trunk. And if you're driving a truck, it's got to be in the, you know, the, obviously the back compartment where the passengers are not. One of the big things an officers look for, they walk up to your window and they stick their nose in there and they smell. And you know what? If they smell burnt marijuana or even if they just smell flour um it's on yep makes sense bro yeah so keep it in the trunk huh everything 
Keep everything it in the com- trunk. Everything every- in the trunk. <laughs> Completely out of reach. Damn, you uh, make me want to buy a car with a trunk now, man. <laughs> as I don't have a trunk. <laughs> <laughs> and don't don't do your dabs. You know, don't have your dab rig up front either, guys. Okay. No, nothing. <laughs> yeah, just be responsible, man. Come on, you know. I mean, you don't have to smoke while you're driving. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Not while you're driving. I imagine, I, mean, I imagine Jay just wants to slap people when they come into his office sometimes, man, you know, from being just so dumb, you know. Like, my man. big thing is the statements. You know, I'll, I'll sit there and I'll read a case file and I'll be sitting there saying, hey, this is a great case. This is a great case. This is a great case. Oh, they did an interview. <laughs> oh, yeah. they admitted everything. It's not a great case anymore, you know. Yeah. They were being so nice to me, man. The one cop was so mean, but the other yeah. cop was really nice. Well, the cop said that he was going to mark on my paperwork that I was cooperative and that the judge would see that. Yeah, I don't give it. Nobody cares <laughs> about that in the court. It, great, he was cooperative. Here's your conviction. Here's your fine. You know, you're going to do this much time in jail. But, you know, great, you were cooperative. I mean, don't be, don't, you know, don't, uh you know, don't obstruct their, their investigation or anything like that. But at the same time, keep your mouth shut. It's what, it's what the fifth amendment's there for. You know, Mr. T used to say, shut up, fool. Right. <laughs> shut up, fool. Is it like better it. if if they ask you, Hey, do you smoke? when you get pulled over? Hey, you, you smoke weed today? Is it better? I'm not say, answering that question. I'm asserting you? my fifth amendment right to remain silent. Yeah. If I'm a cop though, I'm saying, Oh, it's on man. This okay. So if you say today. no, they're going to say, mm-hmm, yeah, he's being untruthful. And if you say yes, they're going to say, yeah, he's, you know, well, I mean, what's, what's your better option? Yeah, but last time I you checked. You got one of three options. Last time I checked, it wasn't illegal to lie to cops, man. That was yeah, kind of, you know what? They're, kind I mean, of a they're, joke. they're investigating you anyways. They're, oh, they're investigating you anyways. Right, right. I got yeah, you. Assert, right. You assert your Fifth Amendment privilege, and we can probably keep that out of court altogether. Interesting. So, wow, really interesting. Okay, so that's a good move then. That's that's the best thing you'd like to see. If I come to you and say, hey, Jay, I had some hassle last week. And I did exactly what you told me to. They asked me to, to speak to them, and I said I assert my Fifth Amendment privilege. That gives you the most to work with as a lawyer? Yes, absolutely, and it gives the government the least to work with. Got it. Excellent advice, man. I dig it, man. I learned something today, man. How about you, dude? I think so. I think I got it. I was just worried about is there any am I, is there anything in place here in Colorado where if I refuse – um, the roadside, I refuse basically to talk to him. I'm going to get arrested. Is there a point here where I automatically am going to lose my license for a period of time? I think people fear that. Well, I mean, here's the deal. If, if you refuse to take a test, they're going to um, take your driver's license and uh, they're going to give you paperwork that says that you are going to lose your license unless you request a driver's license hearing within seven days. You request that driver's license hearing, you're going to get a temporary driving permit. So you're going to be able to drive whenever you want, wherever you want, for whatever you want while that case is pending. And then we have to go litigate it at the Department of Revenue at a separate DMV hearing. So, um, you know, if if, if you are um, found to have refused to test at that hearing, they're going to take your license away for a year. They're not going to let you drive for two months. Nothing we can do about that. Get your license back. You're going to have to have an interlock in your car. Now, even though it's a THC case and there's no alcohol involved, condition the reinstatement, you're going to have to blow into that interlock and show that you're alcohol-free while you're driving for a good <laughs> period of time. So does that make any sense to you guys? No, Jay. Fix the system, man. This is horrible. Uh, you know, <laughs> hey, I, I, do, I do my best. I'm testifying tomorrow. I'm, I'm, I'm getting out there and I'm uh, you know, volunteering my time trying to, trying to get some of these bad laws not put into place and the good laws... Uh, you know, to stay. So yeah, you know what? I do want to give you some uh, some props for that, man. We we see you all over the place, man. I heard you on the radio last week educating people. You take the time to come uh, on our show and, and educate folks, man. And we really do appreciate it, man. And and Jay ain't no sucker, man. Jay actually wrote the book or or contributed to the book on uh, cannabis law, man. What, what's up with that, man? You got a book out, right? Yeah, there's a, a, a new book that I'm the editor of. It just came out uh, about two months ago. It's called Medical Legal Aspects of Marijuana. Right on. Um, it is by Lawyers and Judges Publishing Company. It covers all of the pharmacological effects of marijuana as well as the legal, you know, the legal issues involving marijuana. So there's chapters in here on uh, um, marijuana's effects on people. There's a chapter on banking and taxation. There's a chapter on uh, 
the criminal law for marijuana in Colorado. There's a federal law chapter. There's a chapter about, uh, obviously, the DUID, which I wrote, um, business regulation for recreational, for medical. Um, there's a whole big chapter on laboratory testing, you know, for blood testing for uh, THC. How does the lab work? What are you looking at? How is it validated? What's the uh, quantitative analysis of of, of uh of it, gas chromatography, mass spectrometry, all that kind of real geeky science stuff. Yeah, um, but there's a chapter from Paul Armentano, who's the deputy director of Normal, that talks about uh, you know whether THC concentrations are appropriate to presume psychomotor impairment. So, uh, if you deal with marijuana in any sort of legal field, this is the book that you want to have. Yeah, it seems legit, man. I mean, just the, those topics. It's not like you can just find that crap on Google. And if so, it's worth what you're paying for it, the information you're getting there, man. So it's nice to have something written by true authorities, man. And it just came out, right? This is current information, no? Yeah, it just it came out uh, first week of uh, April. Love it. So it's Love very, it. very, very, very current. Good stuff. Excellent. I'm, gonna I'm get very me. proud of it. Hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to throw uh, just go to dudegrows.com slash J, J-A-Y. And uh, you can get a copy of the book, man. I'll just put a link right to Amazon or wherever the best place to get a copy of it is. And uh, make make it easy for everybody, man, because we appreciate the heck out of you uh, uh, giving some of this information to us, man. Yeah, it's an awesome value. If anybody knows how much it costs to uh, sit down with some attorneys and discuss things, buy the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah this, this is true. That's true. You know, and, and some of the best people in the industry wrote it. Yeah, you're going to get that one chapter at a time, one attorney's fee at a time if you go and try to do that on your own, buddy. <laughs> right, right. Nice, man. About, about 15 minutes, it. maybe. Yeah, damn straight, man. Nice, guys. Well, if you guys uh, yeah, want to holler at Jay, it's the DUI5280.com. Of course, tell him Dude Grows sent you, and it's not like something I really want you to have to do. I hope I never have to. Uh, but, yeah, otherwise, take all the points, listen to this again, and, and anybody that you know smoking and driving, you know, pass along this uh, this episode of the Dude Grow Show this week in cannabis and get people educated on yeah, how to stay out of trouble. It can definitely, you know, one thing from just being something as simple as a toker can turn into an interlock device in your car. that has nothing to do with your situation, affect your job, affect your insurance, just all kinds of bullshit that you don't want in your life. Oh, hell yeah, man. It's ridiculous, man. But it's good to know you got somebody on our, on your side. You know what I'm saying? It's good to know you got a sensible person that's willing to go to court for you and go to bat for you, man. And that that's Jay for me, man. So... Big ups to DUI5280.com, man. Remember that shit when the blue, red and blue lights go behind you, man. Yes. Thanks, Jay, for the time today. Really appreciate it. And uh, Scotty and Dude, thank you guys very much. I appreciate you guys. Oh, right on, man. Good interview. Thank you so much for the info. All right, right. guys. We'll be right back. That bud look what? Shit looks good. Shit's danker than a motherfucker. That shit look good? I mean, how's the smell? How's it taste? Is it grown right? It's grown straight up with recharge, homie. She. Look, listen, grower, tell your crew I'm looking for one of them bad-ass purple buds. No doubt. The recharge buds. But if it ain't all that, you know if it ain't up to what the dude in Scotty Real is growing, oh, yeah. you already know what to do. If you got little buds, tell your boy, recharge it up. If you got root rot, tell them boys, recharge it up. If you got yellow leaves, then tell your boy, recharge it up. If you want to grow them big fat buds, then all you do, recharge it up. If you wanna grow that stanky shit, then tell them boys, recharge it up. Yo, don't you go get that good shit. You know, that shit that your brother gave you. That good shit. That that shit. That 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 that
All right, man. We're back. We're back. I'm going to go uh, smoke three J's, rip a bong, and drive as fast as I can. Nice. That's great, man. Now that not, 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 you know you got a uh, DUI 5280 in your back pocket, man, you're good, man. You got his business card there, man. <laughs> Jay. Oh, man, I just hope I, n- I never have to face uh-uh, that man. bullshit. Dude, so. the, I mean, most important thing, I mean, well, the most important thing you can take from that interview is to keep your fucking mouth shut. Don't think you're going to talk your way out of the cops wanting to arrest your ass, you know? But, yeah. uh, man, don't be an idiot about shit. Just like he was saying about seeing the guy right outside the courthouse taking a dab in his car. You know, at least drive, like, down the street. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> don't take dabs in your car, man. You know what I mean? Just try to respect what we're trying to do here. And if we got tons of people taking dabs and crashing out, not like it's happening, you know? But uh, it is going to make a make a bad impression, bad, bad name for it. So just be on the down low, man. I don't think it's that hard, especially with all these devices we got. You ain't got to stink your car up with the joint, man. You can literally get one of these little pens or one of these e-juice pens for when you're out. And uh, just be on the, on the total DL, man. You won't have any problems. The total DL? Yeah, you know, it's when you start fogging out. You know, you go outside. I've done it before. You know, me and my buddies have just gone outside the bar. Lit up a joint about three doors down and just sat there and smoked the fucking thing with four of us, you know? <laughs> People walk by. Nobody really gives a shit, but, you know, I'm sure that the, uh, I don't know, we went back and spent another hundred bucks at the bar, so I bet you the bar patron, you know, the bar uh, owner actually dug it. You know, instead of leaving to go smoke a joint and go home, we smoked it out front and went back, man. But we were legal distance away, I'm sure, so we weren't breaking any laws, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Right on, right on. Let me get into a little bit of uh, news and, and commentations. We'll say this was in from a, a listener, and I'm going to try and read through it here. I don't know. I don't like sounding like I'm reading too much, but there's some really good points in this one, so <clears throat> I'm going to narrate for a moment. Hey, narrate it away, man. Uh, this is about cancer, guys, and we always hear plenty about cancer and cannabis. Uh, so this is scientists at the Tech- Technion Israel Institute of Technology in Hafi, Hafia? I don't know, but somewhere over there in Israel. Hi, they recently released. There we go. They recently released the preliminary results of a cancer study that examined the effects of fifty varieties of cannabis with two hundred different cancer cells. So the researchers noticed that cannabinoids have the ability to slow tumor growth and even selectively promote cancer cell death in a process known as um, apoptosis. Have you heard of that? I haven't yeah, heard of that. Of course, you kidding me, man? I almost invented that shit back in the day, man. Well, I love it because it's a good process. <laughs> these findings these findings replicate those uncovered in a Spanish study from 2013, with which specifically looked at THC as a potential anti-cancer agent. Now scientists in Israel wonder how different combinations of cannabis derivatives and their dose and delivery method, a lot of variables here, affect different types of cancer cells. So, I mean... Seeing this coming out of, I think, you know, Israel's way ahead of us. Uh, I mean, I think. I'm no expert in this area, but they definitely are, you know, becoming the authority on what's what's up. And I think are going to develop some really cool cannabis-based medicines for cancer. Like, I mean, if you've had anybody in your life that's had cancer or had a fear of cancer or anything, this hey, is unbelievably great Yeah, news. I mean, factually, they're way ahead of us because we ain't studying the shit here. They are. So just yeah. the fact that they're actually studying it and starting to do work puts them way ahead of us. It was like back in the day when they were like... Uh, Oh, I think uh, Bush made it illegal to to study stem cells, you know, back about 15 years ago. And all these other countries started doing all this regenerate, you know, Germany and shit like that has all this stem cell work that they do. And they're way fucking ahead of us now, man. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. And this listener, uh, uh, he'll like this, this next few points here because... In addition to active cannabinoids, cannabis plants also contain a multitude of other therapeutic agents, such as terpenoids and flavonoids, that are usually present in small quantities, but can have beneficial therapeutic effects, especially as a synergistic compounds to cannabinoids. And this listener says, this reminds me of DJ Short's that response does. to his low THC strain that hits hard. Yep, sure does, man. So, and I mean, think about yeah, think about like metallurgy. You, you know what I mean? When you're making these alloys, they're taking even rubber. I was watching something. I started to join the mountain climbing gym or whatever you want, a rock climbing gym, and I bought stealth rubber shoes. And I started looking, and it's a special rubber. And they put the tiniest, tiniest little components in there. Same with when they're making alloys. 
the tiniest little bit of, of, of some strange component will give entirely new properties to the metal or the rubber, you know, to the material. So why wouldn't that work in nature? You know, you have a tiny, think about a tiny introduction of bacteria to our body can turn it from, you know, from, a, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger to a 90 pound weakling. You know what I'm saying? Just by getting the right bacteria or virus in your body. So, I mean, all the tiniest little elements in nature do matter. And, and it is a big synergy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I, I just like to see the progress. And this this next bit's actually from our listener, from the DGC support man. Um, he says, this article is very relevant as my sister-in-law was diagnosed with breast cancer last week. And they, we have started her on RSO caps, yeah. so Rick Simpson oil caps but she's having a hard time with more than half of a capsule. We're gradually working on increasing this dose and hope to have her on a full cap. I would really like to make some of, make her some canatonic RSO. I feel those one-to-one THC CBD strains are going to prove most helpful in cannabis's medical applications. Yeah. So I, I know that RSO. I mean, I know uh, Dr. J has made some, and it can be strong as hell, and that can be part of, I would say, the negative. I mean, granted, you're dealing with something like cancer, but... Some people just don't want to be put out like right. that, you know, and they, I don't think you have to, though. That's what they're working on. You don't have to have a real. Um, well, I think I think what he's I, saying I, I is would, the one to one THC to CBD does seem to to have a better, uh, you know, a stronger effect or not stronger. Uh, it works better, you know. So yeah. I, th- I think that yeah. THC is a component, just like what we were talking about before that, that you need in there to, to kick the CBD. Uh, I don't know. It, I, it all works together, my friend. I, I, I yeah I exactly and the, I know man but golly good luck to y'all man that's that's sad news I'm sorry to hear I gave a little update here and said uh she's worked her way up to a full Rick, Rick Simpson oil cap you know as it hits you hard um of course now she's met with surgeons they want to do a double mastectomy with radiation and he says I hope one day cannabis will be a more viable part of the doctor's regimen I also wish we had the time, had more time to see what Rick Simpson oil can do on its own, but they're being very aggressive with treatment, and rightfully so. I mean, it's kind of like when you're freaked out and you're looking at life or death, you're trying to hit it from every which way, yeah, right? Yeah, but and I mean, maybe this research will tie into, like he said, being that cannabis is immediately part of the conversation instead of, you know, along with radiation potentially, along with everything else they can do, but it needs to be way more part of the conversation for cancer right, patients. Right, And I mean, it's got to be part of, I, I bet even with that radiation, you're certainly going to want to incorporate some cannabis, even just, you know, vaporized or a little bit of edibles or something just to stimulate the appetite. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing yeah. for that. And it really does work. Well, yeah, like you said, best of luck, guys, and thanks for the information. Love to try and cover this stuff on the show. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, here, I can't say soon enough because it's already too late for some people, but we'll have a lot more a lot more viable I options with cannabis ele- and cancer. Yeah, I think this next election cycle, you're really going to uh, – see some, some you're going to see cannabis represent itself that they're you know the the voting uh the, you know the powers that that collect the votes or the powers that that watch what happens are going to see that uh they have to be pro-cannabis it's hard to get elected if you're not there's there's a definite majority of folks that believe that it has medicinal value um yeah and that's all you need you know it has to be studied it has to be cleared and unfortunately as much as i hate to say it has to be federally uh, legalized so they can be studied. You know, I mean, I know, I, yeah, know, definitely. I know we all want to defend our industry, but it has to be federally legalized so people that that you know smarter than us can study it. Man, real bio, bio. It's happening though. We're getting some good studies going on here in uh, in Colorado for sure. I know that for a fact. It's some of the uh, I think over at uh, Boulder campus, Colorado State University, some of these. Uh, prestigious universities in colorado are definitely starting to study it's so so. awesome man all right man let's do uh get one more here that uh i've talked about before in the show um come on smokey kind of fucking with my emotions today man what you got maybe bring me back up man it's my market reports no basically that you know when all this started happening in colorado me i mean as as a grower i was one of those guys that was thinking man i've ran you know eight lights in the basement before I should get into this commercial end of things. And so, you know, plenty of guys have done that. Plenty of guys have failed. Some have succeeded, but, uh, overall for me, I mean, the, the, the money that needed to be invested, you know, you know, millions of dollars. So you, you can do something smaller scale, 
But this uh, next article is proving why I'm fearful of small business. Wall, okay, Walsenburg, that is a small Colorado town, guys. Walsenburg is selling 330 acres. That's 330 acres to firm building marijuana greenhouses. So this was in the local news out here in Colorado. Um, and they're looking to employ five to 600 people over the next couple years and construct nearly 100 greenhouses, all dedicated to growing marijuana. So when I hear that, man, doesn't that does that not make you scratch your head a little bit when you're starting to think about investing in hanging up a hundred lights? Oh no? yeah, man. I mean, I kind of been predicting that it's going to greenhouse. You know, I mean, there's certainly going to be a boutique market out there, but if you can find beautiful greenhouse grown weed for, you know, I don't know, fifty bucks an ounce, you, and you can, yeah, but that's I understand. Why, but I'm just saying, if you can find it for fifty bucks an ounce, is that going to be your go-to smoke? Especially if you're not a grower, if you're the cabinet, you know, guy that, that makes cabinets or something. Yes. You know? Yes. And it I is. mean, so you, your and buddy it, comes up with some hundred, you know, some $250 an ounce fucking crazy hard nug, you know, that Candyland hard nug. And you're like, that's really cool. I'd rather just stick with my $50 ounce shit, you know? It's the same, same. Well, and maybe it's th- the same with. Cri- they'll be growing some of Willie's Reserve <laughs> down there, too. Man. I'm saying when you go back to Florida, these guys are all smoking, you know, the farmers in the heartland are all smoking compressed Mexican ragweed. It's green, you know, they have a decent source for it or something. So it's green weed with seeds in it. And it's a hundred bucks an ounce. And then you go to them, hey, man, you want to buy a hundred dollar quarter that looks like it's maybe six grams? And they're like, nah, nah, I think I'm good, man. You know, I think I'll stick my hundred dollar ounce. I can smoke joints all week long off it. And so it's it's difficult, man, to make you know, to, to to keep a high value when there's something that does the job that's a hell of a lot cheaper. And I think that's what's gonna happen with this greenhouse weed. That's what happens with mountain weed every every summer. You know, I shouldn't say every summer, every fall. You know, when that California mountain weed comes down, fucking price drops like crazy, man. Yeah, definitely. I mean the other thing is, yeah, I think you were touching on that. Some people have said, I've asked in the industry um, about being, what do you think is going to happen, man? I've talked to people in retail before. Guys, you, you make money selling lights. Don't you think that this this indoor guarding supply industry could even be affected? And they're kind of like, well, you know, there's no way you're going to pull off what people can do under, you know, their indoor perfect setup as far as like a most crystally so true you know he's like the, mainly he argued that you can't have you can't control an environment in a greenhouse like you can in an indoor warehouse and i had to say i don't believe that's so true because there's companies that you're not just doing your typical little hoop house thing here they're going to do greenhouses that are you know have a high ditch three hundred thousand dollars in environmental controlling in it to maintain that environment i mean you wouldn't do that for a crop of something lower value right you, you might not put all that environmental control but you can pimp out a greenhouse man i'm in my opinion to make it a really great environment and i've seen even my outdoor without no any greenhouse and no control over the environment um to an extent other than blocking the freaking hail I'll bet, but i, I uh, just gotta say that i'm trying to do in my head what the hell you buy for 300 i just built a greenhouse two weeks ago man just bought the the film and had it covered this week how the fuck do you spend and you know i mean dude i have 20 acres i could fill it with greenhouses as well man so i can understand the scope of this and how do you spend three hundred thousand dollars on a fucking on on a climate control system for a greenhouse the, the, you know, the only thing that could possibly be is some crazy scrubber filter system to, to scrub the air. Yeah. I'll bet it's all yeah, pissed away I mean, on no, that, man. The hell else could it be, man? That's crazy uh, money. The, dude, dude, just think. I mean, there's laying a foundation with uh, radiant heat and a floor and water lines, and it can get pretty damn sophisticated. Yeah, I guess especially so, Especially in a sizable greenhouse. It's crazy, so. man. You know, you're gonna have yeah all kinds of stuff. Your supplemental lighting in there as well. Maybe you got to hang. Uh, I up guess if yeah, gavitas. I guess you call that climate control, right? Because you're using that to heat in the winter. Okay, now now we're yeah. Starting even it. if you're you're gonna have auto shading, light deprivation sure, systems. Sure. Yeah, I mean that's so essentially it's gonna get up there. That's quick. essentially a, an indoor setup with clear walls. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, but you're not spending. You're not. You're not paying that electric bill, dude. And you you're are not though, man. Those you're lights, running the so. lights. You said they got a ton of gavitas. Then. Yeah, but maybe a quarter to at the most half of what a warehouse has to run. Not even half. I mean, you're yep. gonna think how much these guys are spending on power and 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 equipment and changing bulbs and all that yeah. shit. Yeah, you're right. So man. you're right. 
this town's two and a half hours south of Denver here, so they're obviously going. You know, they're going further down to get the the less expensive land and out in a rural area where they're probably like, you know, we're not gonna, we don't want any trouble from anybody. Um, and they even have a little video on here of what they think it's gonna look like. A little uh, like guy driving around the facilities, and man, I think uh, I'm I'm for it, dude. I mean, this is the direction it's going anyway. I. I don't personally get a great feeling other than it looks cool from like, you know, walking into, I know medicine man here in Colorado does tours of their facilities and it's pretty impressive. But then again, it's like, dear God, look at all this power we're using. You know, it's it, the plant was not, no plants are fully meant to be grown indoors under a warehouse roof. So, and once that profit margin goes down, I think that stuff's going to, I think we're just in a period of that now and it's going to stop. That's the deeds prediction, man. So if you're a warehouse grower, you know, just just get really stoned and think about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I don't know, man. I mean, the, the warehouse grow it, it is secure too. I mean, ha- having security issues is a problem, man. You know, and acts of God. You know, I mean, if it, I guess hail ain't no big deal, but you know, they have weathered stuff that happens. It rips up greenhouses all the time. That's why crop insurance is one of the biggest, uh, biggest things for for a greenhouse grower. You know, is every every few yeah. years he's making a claim. So, you know, when that yeah. kind of thing happens, you know, which I'm sure it's shit. We <laughs> were solicited by a banker at the Cannabis Cup. Remember that weird dude? You know, he's going to get our money out. <laughs> Mr. Weird Banker. He looks like the Scarface Banker or something. But, uh, you know, what is it going to be next year or the year after? Somebody's going to come shake our hand and say, hi, I do crop insurance. Cannabis crop insurance, man. You know, just like any other crop. And so as, as we yeah. assimilate into that, that whole black market pricing you know where just the demand totally outstrips supply uh you know it, the laws of economics say that that you know as time goes on those equal out man and yeah i mean get ready for inexpensive weed mass-produced weed i don't see any way around it yeah and i don't think people want to put a bad uh oh well i mean it's not going to be as good or it's just going to be i hey, mean it gives us a chance to really think about situation. the situation days man this isn't like the weed in the 2000s, man. Back when it was on the black market. <laughs> yes. All right, man. I think uh, yeah, I think that was about a show there, Mr. Reels. Uh, what else do we have coming up? We got uh, next week, we have a really good, uh, I don't know what we're going to call it, man. Just learn, learning a lot. We got a gentleman sitting in from uh, Growmore with Oh, Jay. yeah. Dr. Tom so came on. That's going to be minds, man. Awesome, awesome interview yeah, that's there. Good. Very, very schooled, very scholarly individual, PhD in entomology, amongst you know, plenty of other accredited, accredited areas. You know, areas, man, I found him very easy be... to understand, man, very easy to talk to and very easy to understand. So I, I think we'll all really enjoy it. He explained soil biology so well to me that I was just like, golly, that's what I've tried to say 50 times myself. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and speaking of soil biology, guys, don't forget, if you want to support the show, hook up on some recharge, go over to realgrowers.com, look it up at Amazon, whatever you need to do to improve your garden by ordering up some recharge, supporting Scotty Real and the Dude Grow Show, because that's the official product of the show, and it's apical to damn near 90% of the gardening, gardening situations I see, unless you're running hydro and you're a real sterile anal guy like that, running, you know, copper sulfur and shit in your Fuck system, that. which I used to do. Oh. I used to do that with Zone. Back in the day, man. Back before you so, evolved. Yes, fully evolved now. And of course, lastly, if you do get, you know, in any trouble on the road in the Colorado area, who are you going to call? Who are you going to call, oh, Scotty? DUI5280, homie. That's what you got to call. You got to call yeah. my boy Jay, Dot man. Com. Yeah, tell tell Jay the dude grows sent you guys. Uh, he's really just hanging out with us, man. Uh, we, we're trying to get him to support the show just a little bit as well, but he's a great to have on the show. So if you do have the unfortunate instance, say, man, dude grows told me to give you a holla, and he will help you out. He definitely is an attorney that if beyond not even having him on the show, I'd be hooking up with if I was in trouble. Yeah, so. man. He says if we uh, give him a free plug, he'll bail us out if we ever need it. So. Shut your mouth, Scotty. Don't tell him anything. All right. Shut your mouth. That's exactly right, man. <laughs> Guys, take it easy. Have a good weekend. This is Dude Grows and Scotty Real. We'll be back next week. Three shows coming at you. Tell your grower friends. Tell your grow store. Please tell anybody you think that would like to hang out and hear a little grow talk. Absolutely, man. Do it. Later. Later.